It is my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. You've got Jeff and Marissa today, and today we're going to be talking about the three proven secrets to get your first remote travel job. And we're lucky that Marissa has been doing this for how long have you been doing this for, Marissa? Oh and with gosh. how many hundreds of people <laughs> at this point? Like five plus years just doing career specific coaching and i've lost point hundreds thousands of this point between group coaching and one-on-one <laughs> coaching and then lots of work recruiting back in my days at pepsi so i don't know over a decade in total we'll say so marissa's seen everything that does work everything that doesn't work everything in between and what we wanted to do for you is just distill it down to three actionable things that tend to get overlooked quite a bit with people that are looking to get their first remote travel job. So we're going to talk about those those three specific secret things and then some tips that Marissa has that she's seen work for each one of those. So Marissa, what is the very first proven secret that people overlook when they're looking for their first travel job? Yeah. So this, when we're thinking about a travel job, you're taking a leap, you might be doing something new, you're switching jobs. And so the first big one, and this is really whether you're looking for a travel job or any new job when you're unhappy in your current job, is that you are just not taking the next step of anything that feels exciting. And instead, you're trying to figure out like, what is my perfect lifelong career, right? So when I think about this, I like to give an example of my time back at Pepsi. So I was working at Pepsi. I probably worked there six years. And I would say year two, year three, I was ready to leave. I was like, I, I know I don't like exactly what I'm doing. I know I don't like this big company feel. There's a lot of things I knew weren't right. And it took me, you know, three, four years sitting there being like, well, what do I really like? What do I really want to do? What what comes next. And so I just stayed in the same company in the same kind of career path because I didn't know what would be better. And as I look back at how I got to where I am, I finally, for a bunch of different reasons, which we'll have to do a different podcast on, quit my job, tried something new. Didn't really like that either. But because of that, it took me to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, which is where I am today, which I never, you know, if I had rewound back to my days, I never could have imagined I would have started Beach Commute and been like career coaching because I wasn't doing these things yet. And it actually took me searching in my own career to, you know, learn that I liked this stuff, to start traveling, to do all of that. So anyway, as a, as a whole, what I see with so many people is I don't like what I'm doing, but I don't know what my dream career is. And a lot of times there's a Steve Jobs quote I love that says, you know, basically you think about the dots in your life. You can only connect the dots looking backwards, right? So, so many people sit here and they're like, what's, you know, what's my dream thing, but it takes trying something new. And then maybe you like something about that and you dislike something, but you meet someone new or you learn a new path within that. You try the next thing and the next thing. And looking back, you're like, ah, I can see I did A and then B that led me to C that led me to D, but you never could have gotten to step D if if you never tried B and C. So I feel like this is this is kind of like theoretical, but Jeff, is this is this like landing? Can you like tell me how this is sounding to you? 
Well, you know it lands with me <laughs> because <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking to a guy that that stayed at the same same job for ten years. Yeah. And my mindset was was exactly the way you laid it out. I'm not going to take another step towards something else unless I know it's perfect. Like yeah. I've got this perfectionist mentality and there's no room for anything else. It's yeah. it's almost like the same way somebody would look at buying a house. It's almost like this. I was thinking the same I don't, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's a you know, maybe it's partially like a North American mentality where you you feel like you've got, you owe somebody, you owe a company that you, that you're starting with this yeah. long-term I'm working at the Chevy factory in the fifties, 30 year commitment <laughs> type, yeah. type of thing. I don't know where that stems from, but I've got it for sure. And I haven't, it took me a long time. It took me until, you know, I decided that that was it and I'm, I'm ready to take a next step. And it's okay if it's not perfect, but yeah. it took a long time to get there. How would you, I know you, you worked with me quite a <laughs> bit on this thing. So maybe tell me some of the things that you did specifically with me to, yeah. to push me off the diving board when I'm just standing there and everyone's screaming in the pool. Jump. Yeah. Well, yours was a little bit different because I feel like when, when you came to me by the time we met, like you knew exactly what you wanted to do next. You had more fears of leaving a safe corporate job and salary. And so to me, that's a little bit different when you're like, I know what I want to do. I'm just scared to leave something really safe behind. So we'll actually talk about that as, as a next step. But to me, this one is more of like, yeah, someone who just has no idea what, you know, if I rewind back to your early days and we just, I think, I guess it's a previous episode. We, we just went through Jeff's whole story, which was really fun. So I think about that more. Jeff started as like as an electrician and then was working, killing like mosquitoes in a field before figuring out you wanted to do a marketing job. So to me, it would have been like at that point when you were out in the field killing mosquitoes and been like, I really want to try this marketing thing, but like, I just, you know, am I going to like it? Is it going to be the thing? Maybe I just won't leave because I don't know. And if if I think about you back then, I would have said like, does this feel like the most, the, the most exciting thing that you can do next? So that's what I really want to ask people. I would say that's the, the best question you can ask yourself if you're listening. So if you're stuck, if you're back where I was in my corporate days or wherever wherever you are in a job, you're like, this isn't right. I don't know what like my grand life mission is. I don't know what that perfect career is, which is really what we hear almost everyone, every one of our you know people who listen to this podcast or who are on our email list are saying like, you know, I don't, what is my dream career? I, I don't really know. I just know I want something that I like a little bit more than what I'm doing now. And I want to travel. So my question to you would be not like, I, I do love to help people figure out if I can, you know, do you know that big life mission? But if not, the best question you can ask yourself is like, what is the the next best thing that feels most exciting? Maybe you do it for a month, maybe you do it for a year, maybe you like it for three years, and then and then you discover something else from it. So a lot of the clients that I work with will say, okay, like right now in your life, what are the things you're really interested in? Where do you lose track of time? What do you love reading about and learning about and talking about, right? We've, we've done some of these coaching sessions. You can listen to some of our podcasts if you look for some of those live coaching sessions. Maybe we'll refer to them in the notes. But those are the types of questions you can start asking yourself. And instead of thinking like, am I really going to like this 25 years from now? I want you to say, is this the most exciting thing I can think of right now today? And that's what I'm going to do next because it's going to lead you. Maybe you'll like it forever. 
again, maybe you'll like it for a year, but you're going to learn, it's going to take you one step closer. So let's say, let's say, I don't know, you're working in project management and you really want to try copywriting. And so you, you go and you take that and maybe you're like, okay, I realized I actually don't like spending my time writing all day. I miss talking to people. So you say, okay, how can I incorporate? What, what do I like about this? Is it that I liked learning about everything that I was going to write about? but how do I do that and talk to people? I'm totally making this up. But the point is you're going to get to that next thing and you might get to, you know, whatever copywriting you're doing. And instead you're in the field of writing now and you're like, oh my gosh, there's 17 more writing jobs now that I'm working with all these people and talking to them day to day that I didn't even know about. But now I know that this is the one that I want to do and that's your next move. But you never could have gotten there had you not taken the first one. So yeah, just to kind of wrap this one up, I could talk about this all day. Like really, it really gets me going because I, I went through it personally and so many people, I, I just can't tell you, like this is 99%, I think, of why people are so miserable in their job because they're just not taking the next step. So I would say that that next secret that is holding so many people back from getting your first remote travel job is thinking, well, like maybe it's not my lifelong thing. I'd rather sit and wait here for seven more years until I figure out what it is. But you never will likely if you don't take the step to B that takes you to C that takes you to D to love your job forever. So I would say the biggest secret here is go get that job that feels the next most exciting thing. And secret two or three are going to be the next fears that will come along with that, which we'll get into. But any questions here, Jeff, on secret number one, doing that next most exciting thing? Well, what I really like that you did with this is you took a very, very fear-based approach the two main fears that jump out is like one this next job is not going to be good enough like am i jumping from what's what's the expression yeah. from the pot to the frying pan like am i jumping into something <laughs> Never worse <heard> that. <laughs> from the what fire to, i don't, I don't I, think jumping <laughs> from the frying pan into the fire or something like that I, okay. whatever the the idea is you're jumping from something Oh, there's a quote worse. that I love that people say people say because it's like I'd rather stay with the devil I know than like the devil Same. you don't know basically it's that sort yeah. of thing okay yeah you're like okay I know I don't like this but like what if I hate that thing even more yeah. which is gonna it's a possibility like let's give the worst Jeez. case scenario that's possible yeah. but the hope is that you'll at least figure out like okay well now I know something I'm gonna like better than both of these because I took that leap potentially but yeah that is a big fear exactly and it's a totally fear-based approach to solving a situation, which is yeah. never a good approach because it closes off your mind to everything, to any time right. possible. But that's how our brains uh, work. It's like, here's all the things that yeah, could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like an evolutionary survival mechanism and it's yeah. not a good one. Like it, we're Correct. not running <laughs> from life. There, you are. You will not get fed to a tiger if you don't get this <laughs> this job yeah. of, of, your, of your lifetime. And then the second fear that jumped out for me is quitting too early. Like if it doesn't work out, oh no, what do I do? And am I going to look like an idiot for quitting early? Am I going to let down a company? Am I going to have like, you know, a gap in my resume and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And what you did is you just kind of reframed it to looking at it from a very positive and healthy perspective of I'm going to find something interesting. It's almost like picking, picking your elective you know, like when you're going to <laughs> yeah. college, like a fun, a fun one though. It's yes. like, oh, cool. Okay. That sounds interesting. I'm actually yeah. interested to learn something. So if you start from that approach, then it's like, okay, what do I need to do to make this happen? That's, yeah. that's kind of, you know, the, the way that I've done 
the things that I was most passionate about, like, especially with learning SEO, it was like, I got a taste of it. And I'm like, okay, now I just got to figure out the details on what I need to do to make this right. happen, to figure out right. how to do this as a full-time yeah. type of thing. And so. I love that for you, Jeff, if I think about the story that, you know, we just went through in the last podcast with you, like, so for anyone who's maybe just listening to this or hasn't listened to Jeff's full story, Jeff is an amazing SEO, so search engine optimization, that's always a mouthful, marketer who's like an expert, expert, expert in the space, like truly the best person to ever teach you. But if we had rewound, so you talked about Jeff, like when you first discovered that you wanted to get into marketing, you could have never said back then when you were out in the field killing mosquitoes and found like, okay, this marketing thing is kind of cool. It kind of blends these things that I like. Back then, you never could have said like, I'm going to become an SEO expert and I'm going to like teach this to people and help companies with this. You never could have done that because you hadn't taken the steps. So it took Uh like getting the first marketing job, doing the things like, and then by accident, someone like gave you that as an assignment and then you learned it and then you learned you liked it. So Uh that's a perfect example of like, you did the thing that was most interesting to you next, not knowing where it's like fully going to lead you for the next 20 years, but just saying, this really excites me right now. I'm going to mm-hmm. follow it. And, and then you trust that it's going to lead you like to places you could never even know. And I think that's like, that's the biggest thing. And and so many of us think about, you know, there's this quote, it's like work is called work for a reason. And, and so many people think like, you know, work can't be fun. I can't just do what I like. But if you really just follow those, those, whether it's the the field that excites you or what you're specifically doing, hopefully both of those, if you follow what's just fun and exciting to you and what feels like the next best thing you can do, it's going to take you to places you couldn't imagine. And then back to what you said earlier, Jeff, it's like, we're not in the, in the decade where we have to stay forever and ever for, you know, 30 years at the same company and same career. So I think a lot of people get scared, like, well, if I try this and I don't like it, I'm going to be stuck doing that the rest of my life. That it's so much more normal now to like do something all, you know, one year this, two years uh-huh. that, a month this, five years that, you know, like it it really changes and it's a different mentality. And so I encourage people to say, like, again, just do what excites you. It's going to be scary. And number two actually talks about that blip. So maybe we'll, that was a good a blip in the resume. So maybe we'll move into number two next. Is that good? Yeah. So what's the, what's the second biggest secret that you've got for us? Yeah. So Jeff mentioned, as you said, a lot of people are scared of like, all right, I'm going to do this. Maybe it's the fire instead of the frying pan. I'm going to hate it more. I'm going to need to quit in two months. And then I've got this blip on my resume and that's terrifying. So secret number two is know that, like feel good about knowing that it's okay if you have a blip on your resume. If it's two months, six months, one year. I know so many, I cannot tell you how many clients come to me and they're like, I started this thing several months ago. And so I want, Marissa, like, please help me figure out what I really want to do in life, but I'm not going to do it until this year is up because I have to stay here one year. I'm like, who says so? Who made this the rule? But it's really a mentality that people have. And there was someone actually who joined our government employment course a couple of weeks ago who I talked to and she had just kind of started going through the course and she had been, hopefully maybe she'll listen to this, but she had been teaching for 16 years and her big fear was like, okay, I know I want to try something different. I really know I want to travel. She'd been working, you know, in person, the education system. And her biggest fear was like, well, what if I try this new thing? And like her number one value is like, I want to love what I do, even more important than travel, which I love. And she was like, well, what if I do this next thing? And in your example, it's the fire and I absolutely hate it. And then I quit and then I have to get another job and no one's going to want to hire me because 
I've got, you know, this two month thing on my resume and no one wants to hire someone who's only been somewhere two months, right? That's like everybody's fear. Um, so there's, there's sort of two ways you can address this. One is for her, especially she had been somewhere for 16 years. So I was like, if you're interviewing someone, it's very easy to show like you can be a loyal person when you're doing the right thing. So you've got that. But even if you're someone who's hopped around a lot recently, what I would say is one, be honest, explain that you tried something new and that you didn't like it and that you're super excited for this next thing because of what you learned. It's like, hey, it took a big leap. I tried this. I thought I'd like it because of A, B, and C. I didn't like it because, you know, it wasn't right for me because of X, Y, and Z. You know, you want to talk good about where you were. The people were great. It was great. This is why it was a mismatch for me. And that's why I've now found you because I learned that like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm most excited about. So that's kind of like option one. And then option two is, is if it was really just like a total mistake, there's no way to explain it. It's hard to explain it. And it's a one-time thing. You can always just never even put it on your resume. And maybe you started traveling or maybe you started doing something cool and you go into your next interview and people are also afraid of just having a gap but you go and say, hey, I was working here. I've been working for X amount of years. I had this opportunity to travel or do ABC, whatever it is, like something cool that you've done in that time, learn to cook, learn a language, whatever. That you say, like, I was just really excited to take a break. I learned all these things. I found out this about myself. I had this cool experience. And now I'm back and ready to do this thing. So you can just remove it all together. This isn't like typically a CIA background check where they know what you were doing or what you weren't. So any thoughts on that one, Jeff, as I put that out there? It also clicks as well because it feels like an old school way of thinking because I got that beat into my brain when I was young. I remember with my first job, my mom telling me over and over and over again, there was a job that I hated. It was unhealthy for me to be there. It was like toxic for my brain and body. It's like, (laughs) Do not leave unless you've got another right. job lined up. Never right. leave a job. And no, that was like almost written in stone at the house. Yeah. Do not leave a job <laughs> unless you've got another job lined up. And it yeah. really does come from, well, maybe you can speak to this probably a little bit more accurately, but it really feels like it comes from an old school way of thinking of this just like security. Like back sure. A, a while back, and especially our parents and our parents' parents' generation, you wouldn't leave these types of jobs, a secure job, no matter how bad it is, because security yeah. matters as priority number one, a stable yeah. income, priority number yep. one. And even, yeah, even even talking to um, you know people in Colombia, the idea of leaving a secure job, even one that you've been at for 10 years, is insanity. Like there are still a lot of cultures out there. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to that are living in a culture where that's very, very frowned upon. And you may even, you know, get people that disagree with you in leaving a secure job. But it really, really is an old school way of thinking. And I'm seeing more and more nowadays with people even younger than us are congratulating people on taking a break, you know, walking Mm -hmm. away from your job and figuring out. What is going back to step number one that we just talked about? What is it that interests me? And how do I find out what that is? What is that first step that I need to take in order to, you know, take on this new career? Because we take on how many new careers over a lifetime? Like total, total wipe of the hard drive and start over. It's like at least a few, at least a handful. Oh my gosh, people know the number. It's changed right. over the years. Somewhere between like seven and 11 different jobs now, whereas before it was like mm-hmm. one job your whole life. And now I think 
oh, I wish I could remember the stat now. It used to say like in, in call for college graduates or like for someone who's just starting careers, it was like they'll try, it was seven or 11 new jobs within the first like five years of their career. So people really are switching all the time. And if, you know, Jeff, you've hired a bunch of people. I've hired a bunch of people. If you think to people who are coming to you, mm-hmm. how much do you care if they've like switched around or tried different things? If they come to you and they're excited about what they're doing, they're knowledgeable, they can't wait to do it. It's the right fit. Like to mm-hmm. me, that's what's important. And if someone came to me and said, hey, like I did this for this many years, I tried this because I took a leap and I thought this was the next best thing. And it really wasn't. And now I've heard, mm-hmm. you know, we came to Beach Commute because I'm obsessed with travel and you're hiring for this position and it couldn't feel more perfect. And I feel their excitement. That's what we're going to hire for. It's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe mm-hmm. you stayed somewhere for two months only. I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm so proud of you for following and finding this thing that is the right fit. So yeah, but it's hard because there is that fear that like, I'm going to do this and then I quit. Ultimately, like if you think about our brain, I talk a lot this about this a lot with my clients. You'll hear it on the podcast when Jeff and I talk about like this career sort of stuff. But your brain is simply there to keep you safe, to keep you alive, and to procreate. So we're not we're not here to talk about that part on this podcast. And maybe from time to time we will. But we're talking about like safety and keeping you alive, right? So your brain is gonna think of all the fears that it can to keep you in place. So right, your fear is like I'm going to try this. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to quit. And then the real fear, the subconscious thing that you're not, that's like the the rest of the jobs that you're not following in this line of thoughts is therefore no one's ever going to hire me again. I'm never going to have money again. I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. I'm not going to be able to afford food and I'm going to die. Right. Like ultimately that's not what people are thinking, but that's, that's what like your subconscious programming is happening. And so you have to know, like, again, you can have a safety net of savings, know that worse comes to worse. You move in with a friend or a family member, like it's likely not going to come to those things. But with everything with my clients, I always look at like, what's the worst case scenario that's going to happen and know that that's probably not going to happen, but let's let your brain have a plan in case it does. So, okay, maybe you want to work for three more months and save up this much so that you can, you know, afford to quit for six months if you really Mm. needed to. Right. So again, that's sort of like worst case scenarios. But the point with all of this is like the reason that most people are not taking the leap to get their first remote job and start traveling is because they're just, yeah, staying put for number one, you don't know what's the perfect job. Number two, it's scary that you might have a blip on your resume or try something that you, you know, don't like and are going to have to quit. And therefore, never have money and die. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll get to number three next. Anything left with number two? Just some of my experience with hiring people. When people came to me with a blip in their resume or yeah. just a wholesale change in their career, I cared mm-hmm. zero. I hired <laughs> zero, absolutely zero. Yeah. As a matter of fact, sometimes I would even prefer that. I, I hired yeah. people to do search engine optimization, digital digital marketing, account management strategy type of stuff who had English major backgrounds mm-hmm. and communications and PR backgrounds, like completely yeah. unrelated, no applicable skills whatsoever. And it had nothing to do with what they learned. And I already know, like most of the stuff you learn in college doesn't translate directly to the workforce. And a lot of yeah. times it doesn't. And for me, it's just enthusiasm. Like you already mentioned, just yeah. somebody coming in. And if you demonstrate, that you're interested in this and you want to learn this, that's it. And a lot of times I don't have to break old habits. You know, a lot of times somebody Mm. will come in with what they think is some experience and I just have to start, I have to wipe them clean, (laughs) which takes me a couple of weeks. And then I have to rebuild because they didn't actually know what I need them to know. 
So yeah. that should never be something that, that worries you. The the gap in the resume, it's explainable. It's becoming more and more explainable and actually yeah. appreciated and encouraged, I think, in, in a lot yeah. of cultures that you're doing something healthy for yourself and yeah. you're resetting and you should yeah. be resetting because you shouldn't just be at the end of 35 years, be very proud of the fact that you're miserable. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. That makes no, zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's um, funny too, as as you say that, Jeff, I remember when I was probably in like year four or five at Pepsi and I had the same mentality of like, it's good to do the same thing forever. And, you know, I've moved around within Pepsi, you know, we got to move around to different positions. But I remember when I first, before I started, you know, quit to start my own business, I was thinking about going to a different company. And I remember talking to a headhunter who had reached out to me at one point and I was wanting to work at a smaller company. And she was saying, you know, it's actually like really unfavorable that I had stayed in this one giant corporation hmm. kind of for what you're saying, because she was like, this is, you know, it's great if you want to move to a company exactly like this, of this size and, you know, like a packaged goods company, but like, you don't have any experience with like small, you know, this or within a different industry or a different this. And she was like, it's actually, mm-hmm. people are looking for people who have, you know, had a couple different jobs over a couple of years. And that was in my you know, mm-hmm. mid 20s at this time. And I was like, what? Like everything anyone's told me is not mm-hmm. applicable anymore. So yeah, like Jeff just said, sometimes it can be beneficial. So yeah, the point is, don't worry, like, feel good about trying something new, feel good about taking that leap, even if it doesn't end up working out, because it's going to get you one step closer. And that blip is explainable. Perfect. So let's take us to our very last secret. What have you got? Yes. Secret number three. Okay. Secret number three is trust that you can succeed in something new. So this one comes again from a conversation we were having with someone who had been through our Go Remote Employment course and again was like partway through and her number one fear was like, okay, um, I'm, I've been doing this job. I know I can do the job that I'm in well enough, right? Like I can do it. I know the people, they trust me. I can do a decent job. And the fear was starting any new job, whether it was the same industry or a different one, was like, what if I fail? What if I'm not good at it? What if I can't do this job? And then ultimately, if we, again, look at those subconscious fears underneath the chain of events is, I'm going to get fired. I can't pay my rent. I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, like that's what the... Mm-hmm. The reptilian brain is is thinking here. And mm-hmm. one thing for these two, I was, I was talking to two women. And one of the facts that I always love to share, because I think it's a big one that's more applicable to women, but can certainly be applicable to anyone, is when people look at a new job posting. So you, we actually talked about this, I think, on one of our episodes, Jeff. But when someone says, you know, here's the skills that we want, a male will typically look at it. And if they meet like three mm-hmm. or five of those 10 qualifications, they're like, got it, I'm going for it. And most women are like, if I don't meet 10 out of 10 of these qualifications, I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh I'm not qualified. I'm going to fail. And I'm not even going to apply to begin with. So this is like, even if you're doing something new, um, it's scary, right? It's the the fear is I can't succeed. I'm not going to be good at this new thing. What if I, you know, I I go through the course that, you know, we teach a beach commute. I'm going to learn this new career that I want to do remotely, but I'm just never going to apply because it's too scary. What if I can't do it? So all of this is like, you just, it's one of those things where you just have to decide I'm going to try and likely you're not going to fail. You're not going to get fired. There's a learning curve with everything. And you are a smart person who, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. I have a, a good friend who I was talking to recently who just switched careers and, you know, it's a learning curve. She had been at her old company for a lot of years, knew the things, knew the people and 
she was like, I don't know anything. And they're really bad at training. And it's really hard to figure. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what to do. And it's going to be harder for her for two months. She had like a 50% raise and some other things that were better. So she's like, I'm I'm sticking to it. But it was like, this is hard as fuck, you know, and it might be that way for a month or two. But ultimately, you're going to be happier, hopefully in this new job, or at least it's going to lead you to the next thing as we've talked about. And it's going to give you the freedom to travel, which is probably why you're listening to this podcast in the first place. So even if it's scary, even if it's a little harder in the beginning, you are a smart person who can learn to do hard things. And it's going to become, you know, your first job that you're doing now was also hard. Maybe not your first job, whatever you're doing now was also probably new and hard for you at one point. So secret here is even if it feels like you won't succeed or it's terrifying and you might fail, trust that you will figure it out and trust that even though it's scary, it is important to take this next leap in your life so that you can one, do something you're more excited about and two, start traveling the world while you're working. Any thoughts here, Jeff? The qualifications conversation that you mentioned is actually really interesting. And a lot of that's based on an article in the Atlantic called the, the confidence gap. And yeah. the what uh, of the confidence gap? Confidence gap. Yeah. (laughs) Women typically (laughs) will only apply for a job uh, of those surveyed if they meet a hundred percent of the qualifications and men will only will apply for the job if they meet 60% or more. And I can tell you for certain when I create those job qualifications, when I'm writing a job posting, I'm creating like the builder, builder employee. I'm creating yeah. the ideal the person that, I, that yeah. I know doesn't, that I know doesn't exist. So that's not right. real. Like, so when yeah. you see that, that's definitely not real. And, and then, yeah, getting, getting back to your points here, it seems, again, it seems kind of scary that you're going to fail a new job and like, it's, I didn't start a new job, but I, I did have that feeling recently because I jumped into the world of well, it is a new job. Becoming an entrepreneur is, is <laughs> yeah. kind of a job. But it, was, it was really, really scary because it was a whole new set of skills that I didn't have. Yeah. And and getting back to your initial point of reframing that as a positive thing, it's like as learning is fun because learning is fun. If you've chosen something, step two, yeah. if you've chosen something that, that is just interesting <laughs> exciting. enough, yeah, exciting enough to do. And it is fun and you don't learn it all at once. You don't jump to the top of the ladder. You take one step at a time and they're fun little steps. And I'm finding fun little steps in the new thing that I'm doing. It's the exact same thing with taking a new job. And especially if you're completely switching careers, as a lot of you will be doing moving into remote work, you'll be learning a whole bunch of new things, but people don't expect you to learn everything the first day. People just assume that you have to come into the job and know everything and just be like, oh, I'm the big boss and I'm running the show and I need to come in with all this expertise. And like, you know, even with the consulting work that I'm doing now, I'm, I'm meant to set up the entire data architecture for, for business analytics for the company, but it's not expected that I know where to find everything or exactly what people need to see. And, and they're like, oh yeah, let's take three months to figure it out. Even though I'm coming in as a consultant, with like the highest level of expectation out of any job that you're going to take that you know exactly yeah. what you're going to do, there's still leeway that they're going to expect that you're going to have to navigate things and figure yeah. it out as you go. So yeah, it really is. It's funny. We always jump to like six months ahead that you're supposed to be there right, right. away, but it's just, it's just not true at all. Yeah. 
I love it. So those are the three secrets to getting your first, your first remote job. If you're looking for some more tactical things, so we've talked a lot about, I'm going to give you two other episodes to jump into. So episode 43 is five tips to get a remote travel job. And those were some of the more tactical things about your resume and interviewing and networking, that sort of thing. And episode 46 was also a really good one, which was the number one mistake preventing you from getting remote job interviews. So also a bit more tactical. So if you're looking for some of those tactical things, go check those out. But this is really, to me, it's like the secret that people don't, it's like what you don't realize is actually holding you back are these three things. And so inside of our Go Remote Employment course, for example, we teach all of those tactical things. We teach, and some of the mindset stuff as well, but teaching you about you know how to fix your resume, how to find the jobs, how to get the interview, how to negotiate, how to land the job, you know, all of those things. But we really wanted to share these three because without knowing these three things and without overcoming them, you're, you're never going to take that leap. You're never going to get your first remote job. And, you know, as, as we are here, we're help, we're here to help you get a new job. But what we really love for you is like, how do you find something you love that you can do while you travel the world? I think that's the difference between us, between just typical career stuff, which is like travel the world is the end goal, have a life of freedom, have a life that you love is our end goal that we are here. And that's why we're, you know, what we're so passionate about, but you're never going to get that if you don't overcome these three things and take the leap. So those are my last words. Anything, last words of wisdom for this episode, Jeff? <laughs> when when we first talked about this podcast idea, we started with the problem that you run into the most is that the problem is that most people don't take this leap because they're waiting for the very, yeah. per, the, the perfect job. They're waiting for Prince Charming of jobs to come along and to sweep them off their feet. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That, that job doesn't exist because you think about it, I've never started a job that started off that way. Like I took a job <laughs> and, it be, and it became that. You don't know yeah. if it's going to be the perfect job until you start. And the jobs yeah. that I thought were the perfect jobs ended up being hell holes. So yeah. it's really, it, it really is like that job becomes the perfect job. And in writing, yeah, it's one thing, but that's 5% of it. Actually yeah. taking the job and doing it, that's that's the main thing. So learn. it almost reminds me, I want to run with that analogy for a second of waiting for Prince Charming. The analogy I would have there, it's like if you were sitting there, let's say you dated one person or you're like in a relationship that you know isn't right. And you're like, I'm just going to stay in this relationship forever and ever until Prince Charming comes. One, it's not going to come because you're in a relationship already. And two, like think about, you know, all the people you might date or what they say, like all the frogs you kissed along the way. Right. It's like if you never take a try and like you, you date the next person, you're like, oh, I like this and I don't like this. You date the next person. You like this. You don't like this. And then in the in the sequence of doing that, you find your Prince Charming or you do meet the person, but you never would have met them if you never put yourself out there and you hadn't found the things you like and dislike along the way. Again, with that, some people do find that like in their very first try, the same way you might in a relationship. And some people it takes 15 tries and you might, you know, take a bunch of jobs along the way. So remember that as well. But yeah, I like your Prince Charming analogy, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to wrap this thing up, I do recommend if you're listening to this episode, maybe follow it up with tips to get that to get the interview. We've got really, really good actionable steps that kind of yeah. naturally follows this that conversation that we're having now. Number, Yeah, thanks. Episode number 46, definitely. And then when you do get to that phase and you're looking at places that you're thinking about interviewing with and you, and you want to land an interview, again, remember that job qualifications thing. 
don't be shy. Just fire. Just just do everything yeah. that we talk about in that podcast to get the interview and put much less concern into the like checking every box of the qualifications because I can assure you it's not a real thing and we don't expect it to be a real thing. <laughs> yeah. So, good point. Yeah. Anything else? Yep. Any other pointers? Lastly, as always, if you haven't already done so, check out beachcommute.com slash 91. If you are listening to this and you're like, I don't, you know, I'd love the remote job. What's even out there? It's a list of 91 actual remote jobs that people in our community are doing while traveling the world. So it's just some great inspiration. So check that out, beachcommute.com slash 91. And other than that, we'll see you next week. Oh,